2: Let's continue our stories from the 2019 Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Niners. We're going to head to South Bend, Indiana and be joined by Dillon McCullough. He was the running back coach for the Chiefs back in 2019 as they went on to win the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. Dillon, we appreciate your time. Thanks a lot for hopping on. No, I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Let's start with this because this has been a debate in Kansas City for some time. Patrick Mahomes got the first Super Bowl MVP, but a lot of people think that Damian Williams should have got the award. You are the running back coach. Who do you think should have won Super Bowl MVP?
3: Um, I'm 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 partial to my guy, man. You know what? They, they did the replay here. I've been seeing the replay around three times since you know the matchup was confirmed, obviously, and I, I still give it to my boy D. Will, but I love Pat, man, so it's all good. As long as we want it, everything everything else take a backseat to that.
2: I'm sure by now you've heard the iconic call from Mitch Holtis about the run to immortality. What kind of feelings do you get when you go back and you see that moment and you see a guy that you coach, he has great success in the Super Bowl and and helps clinch the victory for you guys?
3: Well, it's emotional because, I mean, that season has so many ups and downs for Damian, you know, and just those relationships that – you have and camaraderie you built throughout the season and just seeing his struggle and then for him to be on the pinnacle of football and have a play like that, man, I was excited for him.
2: How much did you and him bond? Just going back and reading your story, you were an undrafted running back. He was an undrafted running back. I would imagine that that brought you guys closer as you're trying to help him develop into a productive NFL player.
3: Without a doubt. You know I mean? you know, Me and Damian and all the guys. But me and Damian had a great relationship, have a great, still have a great relationship. that was forged not only in football and the struggle and the adversity and the level of perseverance we had to get to the ultimate goal, which in my case was just making a team and his, you know, to show not only he can be a productive member of a team, but a feature player and and ultimately, shoot, you know, a, a guy who ran to immortality. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, tentacles in that but man I'm just so excited for him and just was so blessed to be part of that organization and definitely part of that win.
2: Dylan what's the difference in you know you had a great career great college player get a chance to play in the NFL what's the difference in you having the personal success and then you think about the time that you pour into it Damian Williams to then see him go out and have that success?
3: It all go hand in hand I mean this, this is what I do this for you know it's just the you know, put all this effort and put my emotion and just put heart into these guys and to see them guys so grateful and appreciative. And shoot, I get things from them too. I mean, Damien, all of these guys, I know we're talking about Damien right now. I mean, there's so many things I learned from him about standing up for yourself, about fighting for what you believe in, fighting for yourself, you know, and and when you're given that opportunity, being able to show why you fought so hard.
2: Right now, we're talking to Dylan McCullough. He was the running backs coach for Kansas City from 2018 to 2020. Just getting stories about the last Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Niners. Dylan, how cool is it that four years later, these two teams <laughs> are back at it in the Super Bowl?
3: That is unbelievable, man. i am tell you, I've I sat up, trust me, locked in. I remember I was out recruiting, and I made sure I booked my flight and everything to get to where I was going to early so I can sit down and relax and watch these games. So, just to see it unfold like this, man, is is really surreal, but it's going to be great to see this matchup.
2: I know we hear this a lot, how coaches want to keep everything routine, and you know how football players are, very regimented. How unique is this week and the challenges that it poses than a regular week, whether it's a Monday night or Sunday night football? you got two weeks to prepare for a team. You get there far earlier than you do for a normal game. How do you keep everything normal in a scenario in which it's not normal?
3: Well, it comes down to the leadership. And it's phenomenal leadership um, in the kingdom, without a doubt. You know, Coach Reed put together a great plan during the week as far as how guys' um, time and and the structure and the schedule was put in place. And and we all know during that first week is the meat and potatoes as far as putting all your stuff together, putting the plan, having it fine-tuned, et cetera, taking care of your tickets, doing all of that stuff. And then when you get out to the site, yeah, there's more – pomp and circumstance as far as media and this and opening night and all those things. But, I mean, the guys, Coach Reed and the rest of the staff um, put together a great plan as to how that flow would be. But I know one thing, all of the guys knew what the main thing was, and they kept the main thing the main thing, which is winning the
2: game. Right now, we're talking to Dylan McCullough. He was the running backs coach for the Kansas City Chiefs the last time that they won the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. What is that moment of accomplishment where everything is over and you were just there by yourself and you realize as a team what you guys accomplished?
3: I mean, it's emotional, you know, and, and, and the thing, you know, for myself and probably several other guys, you look at the Super Bowl, I know I did something that was like, mythological, you know, just something like you just hear about or you just see it on TV. Like it's, it's something that happens on another planet, you know, and for you to sit there and be a part of it, a, a, a integral part of it, you know, of great men and great players and a phenomenal organization. And then the way that the game played out, you know, was points in time in that game. We looking around like, okay, hey, let's turn this light on, fellas, or we're going to forever rest in peace, you know. So I mean it was it was really good to you know and, and and a great experience to be part of how that game was won, but as you sit there at the at the end of it, even I sit here several years later, and I go through my phone and look at all the things that are going on this week, man, you just miss it, and you cherish it even more.
2: I've been asking people this over the last week and a half or so: is the conversation about Pat being the greatest quarterback of all time is heated up again? You got a chance to see him and work with him every single day. Did you have that moment where you realized that he was special?
3: I'm going to tell you what, I've talked to guys about this here on the college level. Just that first um, offseason OTAs, and I just remember, Pat, and I remember how much we were trying to complete long balls. I just remember, I, I, I swear I can count on maybe a couple fingers in OTAs how many long balls it was completed. And I was like, man, we're talking about this Pat Mahomes guy. I mean, we got we can't complete a long pass on air. It was just us, you know, it was just OTAs. But he came back that that training camp and was just phenomenal. And it showed me, and it's you know, hey, I'm low on the totem pole. He has to show me nothing. But it showed me the level of dedication and work that he put into being the phenomenal quarterback that we see right now. I just seen how that his game changed, how, his, how he put the time in with the receivers, how it was that important to him to show that on this stage and, and, and with all of the confidence that people had in him, he was going to show that he was worth it. So, man, just phenomenal player. What you see on TV is real, um, genuine. The way he operates in the locker room is unbelievable. The leadership he has is unparalleled. And I'm telling you, I, I wasn't seeing him in the spring when I was out recruiting in Kansas, Kansas, yeah, in Kansas City, obviously. And just man, that, that same light is in his eyes. He's got want to win, and win again. I know that.
2: Dealer, I'm sure that you get asked a lot of Patrick Mahomes stories. Who's the other player that you get asked about? I imagine it's a lot of Travis stories now, given his relationship. But who is that player other than Pat that, that kids want to hear about?
3: Well, it, it was Tyreek. You know, I mean, you know, guys wanted to hear you know, wanted to hear about just how he worked and different things like that. But, I mean, I just tell them how the whole organization works. A lot of people ask about Coach Reed, you know, how he come up with these plays and different things like that. You know, obviously, Pat, with just um, the 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 unbelievable throwing angles that what you throw the ball, and I tell him that he practiced that. I mean, he actually practiced doing those things. What you have seeing wasn't just a first-time thing in the game he you know he involved that and, and and practiced it and became really refined at doing it so um but those are the guys you know Travis it was Tyreek for a little bit um coach Reed and then um and then obviously Pat
2: Right now we're talking to Dylan McCullough. He was a running backs coach for the Chiefs when they won their first Super Bowl since nineteen seventy against the San Francisco 49ers four years ago. I now want to ask you about two current players. I want to ask you about Isaiah Pacheco. I was trying to think of who he reminds me of just the way that his run, the way that he plays, his energy. I can't find that comparison. What do you think about Isaiah Pacheco when just watching him play? Man, I'm gonna tell you what.
3: He, he I, I I love to coach him. I tell you that. <laughs> That's the that's the guy right cut from cut from the mold that I love, you know. I mean, run extremely angry, violent, um, run with great vision, great body lean, um, ball security, pad level. I mean, all of these terms that you that you really like and the things that you like about a high end running back. So um, I, I don't know a comparison. I, I really don't know one, man. But shoot, that puts him on the you know I put him on the top of the pyramid as far as guys who run that way. And what you want is you just want him to continue to play that way, you know, take care of his body and and have a a long, prosperous career. But in the meantime, man, he got to put it all on the line here in a few days and let's go get
2: it done. And then on the flip side, Christian McCaffrey, you coached in the Pac-12 for a while. Mm -hmm. I imagine this is a player that you've seen grow up. You probably run into his father. You've seen him come up at Stanford and now in the National Football League and now becoming maybe the best running back in the league.
3: Yes. So when I was in Kansas City, we played – Carolina and I remember I was just telling him that Clyde it might have been it actually was Clyde's rookie year and I said man just watch this guy I already studied tape on him I knew what the deal was with with Christian and we just watched him and he's a phenomenal player and, and again it's a testament to him and his off season program and just the way he takes care of himself that he's still playing at this high level even at this point you know you you, you feel like you've been in the league forever you know um but the, the, the bottom line is, he continues to recreate himself through his nutrition and just the way he can, you know, works out and does what he needs to do. He's in a phenomenal system, you know, man. But you can't do anything but tip your cap to him. But we got to go get him on, on, on Sunday, we got to shut him
2: down. Absolutely. Last question here, Dylan. I'm just going to guess that sometimes, just as a college coach, kids don't listen. I would just show my ring every time the kids not listen. Like you're telling them, "Hey, you should do this." And like, no, nah, I don't want to do it that way. I would just pull out that Super Bowl ring, and I'm imagining they listen every single time.
3: Yeah, the Super Bowl ring helps. You know, uh, it, it, and one thing that was pretty cool that when I got here and I got you know just those relationships I had with all of them guys, Shady and Le'Veon and. Coach Reed and all of these backs, Damian, these guys sent a, a pretty cool video for me. And I use it, and it's like a drop the mic moment out recruiting, that these guys are just saying all these things. And Coach Reed saying things like, hey, if you're trying to go to the NFL, there's nobody better. Just all of these these things based on having an impact not only on the Chiefs but on the players' lives that they talk about and that impact on and off the field. So, yeah, when you flash the ring, that, that – says one thing but when you're hearing things out of actual players mouths that kind of dropped the mic right there
2: that is Dylan McCullough joining us on the show today he was the running back coach for the Chiefs for 2018 to 2020 he now is at Notre Dame one of the top programs in college football joining us to tell his stories about the 2019-2020 Super Bowl as the Chiefs beat the San Francisco 49ers four years ago DeLan, it was great having you and listening to your stories thanks a bunch Thank you. Absolutely. That's Dylan McCullough joining us on the show today. I mean, that recruiting story sounded really good, Rob. I just don't want him using that whenever he's, you know, one on one against Missouri. That's what you pull out when you're trying to beat Kansas and Lance Leipold. You know what I mean? Because y'all always, oh, we could have got Najee Harris. Oh, we could have got Jamar Chase. That's when Dylan McCullough comes in with the, hey, I used to coach, you know, future Hall of Famers. You know, I've won a Super Bowl. That's when he should then pull out his recruiting advantages. Not when he's recruiting a kid from St. Louis. Like we don't, we don't need that kind of energy in Missouri. Keep it a far away from us, man.
4: So you don't want him in a battle for I don't, I don't know. Is there a, is like a Williams Nwaneri type player? You don't want him being no. like, yo, I've won a Super Bowl. Just a heads yeah, up.
2: Yeah. Why, why are you even recruiting those kind of players? Stay away from those kind of players. Those aren't the players you need at Notre Dame. Stay away from them. You know what? Just stay away from Missouri and the Illinois area. Find another place in the country to recruit to Notre Dame. You already got enough advantages. We don't need that, man. Coming up on the other side, this could be Rob and I's last week together. I'm going to tell you why that Rob and I could be headed for a breakup. That's coming up. Keep it right here. It's the drive.
0: The drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deepasqually Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. The only place in town to hear the hypothetical button game is on the drive with Carrington Harrison.
2: All right. There are a couple toss-ups that I would like to get to, but Rob and I have a little bit of beef with each other. Yesterday, as I'm watching the KU and K-State game, you know that we get Sonic commercials. You know, Sonic very prevalent in the Midwest. There was a commercial for a Sonic item that I had not seen before. So Sonic is rolling out new pulled pork barbecue sandwiches. So it is a cheese, It is their normal cheeseburger, and they're topping it with a little bit of pulled pork. They also are selling their famous tater tots, And they're putting some cheese on it. They're putting a little barbecue sauce. They're also drizzling it in the pulled pork. Yesterday was the first day that Sonic started selling these items. Now, I would expect someone from, I don't know, Seattle, Washington, to be excited about this. I would understand somebody in Tempe, Arizona, might be excited about the new pulled pork sandwich at Sonic. Rob texted me during the game because he saw my tweet, and I said that if you order the pulled pork sandwich from Sonic, it is diabolical behavior. And Rob sent me my tweet and said I would try it. Now, I know Rob's fiance. She is great, but I started questioning if everything was right at home because that is a cry for help. If you, born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, would go to Sonic and say, hey, I want to try you guys pulled pork. Something is not right. You are not well. And you need to speak to somebody. Rob, tell me that you were joking. You would go to Sonic right now and get the
4: pulled pork cheeseburger. That's what you were telling me you would do. You know I'm down to try new things and get Sonic. give everything a puncher's chance, a little flavor of life. I like pulled pork. I actually like Sonic. I would try this. I'm not saying I'd be like, I'm, you know, all in the same way. I was excited that, you know, Torchy's tacos or Whataburger was coming to town. But if you say, Hey Rob, it's a Royals day game. We got spring training coming up, whatever have you. Let's go. Me and you let's try this. I wouldn't say no. I'd be like, all right, cool. Let's go see if it's any good. I think like everything in life, it's worthy of trying.
2: My brother, it's from Sonic. Sonic does some things well. I like Sonic. If you're going to get a chili dog, fine. If you're going to get a burger, if you're going to get one of their delicious desserts, phenomenal. Rob, you you live in Kansas City, so you're telling me that you were willing to drive past world-famous barbecue places that serve pulled pork, that would be happy to put that pulled pork onto a sandwich and drizzle it with barbecue sauce. And now you're telling me that you're up for trying the pulled pork at Sonic? Rob, what's going on? Got to give it a shot. And then, hold on, this isn't even the craziest thing. So today I say, hey, I want to talk about this on the show. He's like, what about the Super Bowl? Don't worry, we'll get to it. And then Rob says to me, You've never had the brisket from Quick Trip? No! Why have you had the brisket from Quick Trip? Quick Drip is for gas, it's for drinks it's we're going to get cigarettes, scratch off tickets. If you really want to get crazy, go get yourself a breakfast sandwich from there. Go get yourself a taquito. Go get yourself one of those little buffalo chicken things. Go get yourself a hot dog. You've ordered the brisket sandwich from Quick Trip?
4: I mean, much like a hot dog. I was much in the mo- like a- I was in the mood. I was there. It was available. I ate it. It was quick trip food. So, you know, it was good. Is the brisket better at any of our barbecue establishments? Yeah. But was I at quick trip and had a hankering for barbecue and it was right there? Also, yes. The best ability is availability. And in that moment, the availability was me at quick trip. Sidebar, it was pretty good.
2: You got to be down bad to get the brisket sandwich. You got to really be down bad someone said Carrington if you ask anybody in the know they will tell you this but i deliver the meat for jack stack and the barbecue at quick trip it's the same good text person
4: see i was really just eating jack stack at
2: my local quick trip i'm not that's not a, that's not a dice roll that i'm willing to take it's not a dice roll not at all i'm going to if if you're telling me that it's the same if that's what you're telling me if you're telling me that it's the same as Jack Stack, then why not just go to
4: Jack Stack? Why not go? Because availability. I'm not got to get a reservation, go all the way to the one across town, sit, wait, get my table, order. You're taking up time, my guy. I was at Quick Trip, I was getting some gas, I was inside. Boom! Jack Stack sandwich in my hand.
2: Someone on the text line says, "Cdot, you sound a little privileged right now." How? We live in Kansas City, Missouri. Home to the best barbecue in the world. Our barbecue is so good that your eighth favorite barbecue place would be the best restaurant in 85% of cities in America. Don't cheat yourself, treat yourself. I'm not going in there and getting the brisket from Quick Trip. No. The same way that I'm not, I love crab, I love lobster. I'm not getting the McFish. Why? Why would I do that to myself? There's
4: world. In this th- sounds like a first class trip to the bathroom. There's space in this world for both though, Carrington. No, th- no. There are Taco Bells in Texas. They exist. There are Taco Bells in Kansas city near the taco trail. They exist. Both can live in their own hemispheres. Is it better than regular barbecue? Of course not. But is it good, considering it's a barbecue Quick Trip sandwich? Absolutely. Someone
2: on the text line said, would you get uh, sushi from the gas station? All right, you're just, you're asking for food poisoning now. You're asking for E. coli. Maybe I am privileged. I don't know. I, I didn't think that it was going to be this controversial of a stance
4: on the text line. I thought y'all was going to ride with me. I can't believe you'll get a hot dog from Quick Trip. Yeah, a hot dog. Who knows what that's made of? Pig pieces <laughs> it's and you're definitely gonna big pieces. coat it <laughs> with ketchup, mustard, and who knows what else. And you're gonna walk away being like, I got a good meal, but heaven forbid I try the brisket <laughs> No, definitely. I will definitely go in there and get a hot dog. I'll
2: go get a hot dog when we leave. I go get a hot dog. Oh, I love they got the little station. You can put all the stuff on your dog. You can put the onions. You can put the
4: little banana peppers. I put the spicy mustard on there. Oh, it's delicious. And yet someone else is making a first clip first class trip to the bathroom, but you're getting a banana pepper hot dog from quick trip. Stop it.
2: Someone says, see we're a blue collar town, bro. I don't I don't want to be a part of any collar that's eating barbecue from quick trip. That's not, or Sonic. That's not where I want to be. No, I think this is a fireable offense. <laughs> this is a fire. This is sick. Absolutely sick work. Rob, is this food you would take to the function? We no, got, no, we no, got no, no. a big game function no, 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 coming no, no, up. No. So hold on. Let me ask you this. Let's say the quick trip did a special. They're going to be selling pulled pork sliders and they're doing a deal. They're going to hand it to you in a tray. You can go in there, get your little slurpee, get your,
4: Forty on pump three, and you can walk in there with the slider. No, 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 I'm not doing that for I'm not doing that for the Super Bowl event party. But there's a chance I have to be up here Sunday night, do some work stuff, some behind the scenes things. I might pop over to Quick Trip, grab myself a brisket sandwich, and a late night snack before okay. coming up here.
2: All right, well. Fine, God. That's that's my advice to you. Please seek help. Someone said, Carrington, when you were in Joplin, you would have tried it. Not this bougie Kansas City Carrington. I just want better for your life. I was poor when I was in Joplin, too. I was making risky food choices back then. You didn't care about nutrition back in the day. You were just trying to eat. And the food that I was getting at Quick Trip wasn't too much different than the food they were serving in the cafeteria. It was the same food. But we've evolved. We've grown. And I'm telling you that there is a better way. There is a better way. You had to drive past Joe's, Gates. You had to drive past so many places. And you decided to stop and get your barbecue fix from Quick Trip? I just want better for you. But you know what? I can't want better for you if you don't. If you knew better, you'd do better. And I'm trying to tell you to know better and stay far away from gas station barbecue that is not Oklahoma Joe's as much as possible. Coming up on the other side, we'll continue our toss-up Tuesday, and hopefully Rob and I can move past this. It's The Drive.
0: The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Kansas City is Nick Bolton.
3: Can I get a big M-I-Z?
2: You're listening to The Drive with Karen Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Hey, let me tell you guys that you can get 15% off online orders for carry out and delivery with promo code 610 sports at Jefferson's great wings. I had them for the AFC and NFC championship game. There'll be a hit. It's your big game. Watch party limit one per customer on a minimum $40 order. 15% off online orders. Carry out of delivery at Jefferson's. All you got to do is use the promo code 610 sports. All right. We'll get back to stories here coming up in a bit. Peter King is going to be on the show coming up in about 30 minutes or so. Our guy Mitchell Schwartz is going to join us in studio. We're getting you ready for Super Bowl 58. I have two main things that I want to talk about here. First off, why are people keeping up with Kadarius Like, Is there something that I am missing? So I did an interview yesterday on CBS Sports Radio. I went on with Maggie and Perloff. The first game question that I was asked was about Kadarius Tony. Hey, what do you think this means? What impact do you think he could have on the game? He's practicing again. I saw that people talked to him when he was at Super Bowl Media Day. Am I missing something about Kadarius Tony, Rob, you want to know how many yards Kadarius Tony has had since joining the Kansas City Chiefs? You want to know how many yards he's had? He has 430 yards from scrimmage since joining the Kansas City Chiefs. Why is Kadarius Toney somebody that people are keeping up with? Why is anyone interested in Kadarius Toney? Why do you guys care about Kadarius Toney? They're fine at wide receiver heading into this matchup. They're more than fine. I would ask you, who do you want to take the opportunities away from in their offense? Because I think that they've pared down the offense to exactly where it needs to be. I think they have trimmed the fat off of this team, and we are getting the ball to the key players that matter. So in this game, these are the players that had catches against the Baltimore Ravens. Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, MVS, Justin Watson, Isaiah Pacheco, Noah Gray, and Clyde Everton had two catches for three yards in this game. Can you tell me whose opportunities do you want to take the ball away from? Do you want to give Kadarius Tony carries in this game? Do you want to throw the ball to Kadarius Tony? Is this about him helping in punt coverage? Like what role do we think that Kadarius Tony can help them with in Super Bowl 58? I know he made that one play that one time, and it was great. Thank you. It was I appreciate it. It helped. I don't want Kadarius Tony to be active on Sunday. I don't think you can act the way that he has over the last 14 days, and then you should get the privilege of being active for the Super Bowl. Did you hear what he said about the Instagram rant? He said it was AI. Now, I've heard AI of Taylor Swift. I've heard AI of Patrick Mahomes. I've heard AI of Drake. Who in their right mind created a bot to mimic the voice of Kadarius Tony? You shouldn't get to play after all of this. I'm sorry. You lost your opportunity to play when you went live on Instagram. You lost it. Why are we asking Kadarius Tony any questions heading into the Super Bowl? Why are we doing that? No, I'm perfectly fine. He then explained. Here was his explanation of the IG live mishap. Yeah,
3: yeah, it kind of started that but I, at, in the process of that I get interrupted so it got like a mixed message behind it, I guess you could say and then a lot of footage got chopped up in the release. So it made it like I was attacking the one I love the most like I made in the post I was saying or referring to. Uh, i never attacked the Chiefs, never said anything about the Chiefs who I was referring to was the Giant fans or whatever people that in my comment, you know what I'm saying, my comment box not even on my live recording so you wouldn't even know they were there. But I was referring to them, which I shouldn't have. I, I just wanted to go out there for like how you say get my message across as far as my injury. But I shouldn't have did it. At the end of the day, uh, I'm a, I'm a man, and the, the day I can
5: uh,
3: I can set my mistakes just like I accept my wins, you know. But um, I'm just moving past it right now. You know, we're here now. We're just trying to you know win.
2: <sighs> okay. So when he said that he was healthy and that the team wasn't letting him play and that they were making up an injury. That was directed towards the team that you played for a year and a half ago. That too was directed towards not the team that you were currently. Why do you keep talking about the New York giants? You won a super bowl with a whole completely different team. You didn't play the giants. You're not on the giants. At this point, you have played as many games with the chiefs as you have with the giants. Why are you worried about them? Kadarius Tony this year had 58 punt return yards. Fifty-eight. I know. Last year in the Super Bowl, he made a big play. And it was great. And it was exciting. And he cheered. I, I get it. He caught a touchdown in last year's Super Bowl. I understand. You guys haven't noticed that their offense has been better since he hasn't been on the field. And part of the reason why the Chiefs had to go on the road in the postseason was because Kadarius Toney was on their team. I don't get why this is a thing for anybody. I really don't understand. If he's not there solely to be on the scout team and to be a good teammate, I don't really know why he's in Las Vegas. I think you lost that opportunity a while ago. I think you lost it. I don't want Kadarius Toney to play in Super Bowl 58. If I had the choice, I'd rather Sky Moore play on Sunday, and I don't want him playing either. I think we all just need a little time apart from Kadarius Tony. You know what? Let's have a sit-down pow-wow meeting this offseason, and let's determine if you can continue on the team. But I, I'm over it.
4: You don't want the Chiefs wide receiver one at the Super Bowl?
2: He's going to be there. He went to SMU, not Florida. He's going to be at the game. I feel very confident. I saw Rasheed Rice. I saw him. He's wide receiver number
4: one. I'm okay. No, thanks. That's not true. There's another cut in there. It, they they asked Darius Tony. Hey, you wide out one? He thinks he is. He was Lions wide out one in week one. Okay. Giving them touchdown after touchdown. Yeah, if I get it. Yeah,
3: if I get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. You know I had to ask,
2: man. I mean, they tried giving you the ball this year. You dropped it. They tried plenty of times to get you involved in the offense, and you were not a helpful player. Please keep Kadarius Toney off the field. Please take his helmet. Please take his mouthpiece. Please take his shoulder pads. Please keep him away from the field. Rob, hit me with a toss-up. Toss-up. Rob, who is more likely to score a touchdown in Super Bowl 58? Rasheed Rice is plus 130. Debo Samuel is plus 135. Who is more likely to score a touchdown in Sunday's game?
4: That's really tough. I'm going to take Debo because I think they're going to use him in so many ways. I could see him lining up as a running back and busting a play open. I could see him. They get creative around the goal lines, like some tunnel screen action or, you know, the jet sweep that McCall Hardman used to smoke the Niners in San Fran last year. I could see something of that ilk. So at plus one thirty-five, I think Debo scores a touchdown, more likely of the two. I don't think it's a traditional lineup as a wide receiver, run like a corner route type of touchdown, but I do think he's more likely to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I actually think the answer is Rasheed Rice. I think
2: there's more people who can vulture his touchdowns on Debo Samuel's team than there are on Kansas City. They could give it to Christian McCaffrey. They could give it to Elijah Mitchell, who had a goal line carry and scored a touchdown in the NFC Championship game. They use Rasheed Rice as a extension of their run game. You throw it to him in the screen. He makes one guy miss and he scores a touchdown. He has had two touchdowns taken off the board so far this postseason. He had one against the Miami Dolphins. He had one last week against the Baltimore Ravens. So he has shown an ability to get in the end zone. Can they avoid the penalty?
4: I like Rasheed Rice to score a touchdown here. Plus at plus I'll take it. I mean, he has had two called back, but he didn't score one that counted in the Ravens game. That's fair. He did not score one in the Bills game that counted. So he hasn't. you saying scored. he might score a touchdown in this one, and then it's and a then whistle on number 77. Bill Vinovich starts to enter, insert him himself from the chat, as the kids say. So, I, I just don't know. I think also we both think they're going to feed Travis Kelsey early and often, I which do that, that does vulture touches for Rasheed Rice.
2: Coming up in just a bit, we'll be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports. For my money, he is the best sports writer in the country. He is live in Las Vegas. We'll get his thoughts on Super Bowl 58 as we get you ready for Sunday's matchup between the Chiefs and the Niners. I want to play this audio for you guys. This was Travis Kelsey yesterday on Super Bowl Media Day. Here's what he had to say about this year's Super Bowl. I've been on a mission ever since I won my first Super Bowl. Uh, we, we made it back to, to the Super Bowl the year after 2019, obviously lost to the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, that's motivated me to get back to this point right here. So um, you'll hear me say this a lot, but I want this one more than I've ever wanted a, a Super Bowl in my life. And it's because uh, the type of team we have, the people that we have in this thing, but also because that tier of uh, teams that have done it twice have uh, gone down in history as uh, some of the greats. It is pretty... Amazing, I would say that we have seen Travis Kelsey go from he was the guy who maybe needed a mentor, he was the guy that needed the accountability, the discipline, he was maybe the player that needed that early on in his career. So, we have seen Travis Kelsey do a complete 180, and now he's the veteran, he's the OG, he's the guy that you were going to after practice and asking questions, he is the guy that is playing the big brother protector role. On the team, he's the guy you remember when Kadarius Tony's walking off the field, who has his arm around him, who's telling him it's okay, who has really stepped up for this team and answered questions and been the face of this organization. It is pretty cool that we have seen really the full calendar of Travis Kelsey's career coming from a player who usually did things that cost the Chiefs and showed immaturity to now being the veteran, being the voice, being the mature one of the group.
4: We have seen the complete transformation of their tight end. I mean, I agree first and foremost, secondarily, and this was just what growing up is like Travis Kelsey had it on the most public scale, not in the pantheon of athletes, but a very public scale. He was 22, 23, 24 years old, playing high level college football at Cincinnati, and then playing NFL football in Kansas city. So when we're all 21, 22, 23, we do dumb stuff. We're more apt to have outbursts. We're more likely to get into a spat with our boss. We're more likely to do this, that, and the other because we're just 23 years old. That's what 23-year-olds do. So I credit him. He has grown up a great deal. The guy who threw flags at officials is no longer the Chiefs tied in. The guy who screamed in the locker room that that referee doesn't deserve to be at Foot Locker is no longer the Chiefs tied in. He has matured like a fine wine. He has aged well. But I think that's just part of regular growing up. And I think as we listen to new heights podcast more and more, you see with his brother too, his brother used to have the Mohawk and the whole deal, but he's also growing up and becoming a family man. And Travis Kelsey's now growing up. He's in a serious relationship. I think we should credit him, but I don't think it's some, Oh my goodness. Can you believe he made this pivot? It's a pivot. Most people make in their lives.
2: Has there been anything that you feel maybe more confident in heading into a game of this magnitude than how involved Travis Kelsey is going to be and how well you expect him to perform in this game. Like, if you were looking at sort of what he's been as a player... I mean, so far in this postseason, he had 11 catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. Against Buffalo, he had five catches, 75 yards, and two touchdowns. He had seven catches for 71 yards against Miami. You go back to last postseason when they won the Super Bowl against Philadelphia, 98 yards, 78 yards, 81 yards. I would say there are a couple of things that I feel very confident in heading into this game. Number one, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to stop Christian McCaffrey. I think you can limit Christian McCaffrey, but I don't think on Monday we're talking about Christian McCaffrey had 13 carries for 37 yards. I'm just not buying it. Not based on how good I think their offensive line is. Not based on how good I think Kyle Shanahan is and the respect that I have for Christian McCaffrey as a player. I also feel pretty confident in this game. I don't think there is really any way that San Francisco is defending Travis Kelsey not based on how I think Andy is going to use him, not based off you have now given Travis Kelsey another bye week. I mean, this is going to be the second bye week that he's had in the last five weeks. So you're going to allow that player a chance to get fully rested, to get healthy, and he is coming in completely motivated and says, I want this Super Bowl as badly as I have wanted any of them. I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a really good day, and I know I'm not alone in feeling that, but if there is – a, a player that I feel most confident in more than Isaiah Pacheco, more than Rasheed rice. It's Travis Kelsey in this game. We have seen the chiefs really pare down the targets. They're going to throw it to Travis Kelsey between nine to 12 times in this game. If you give Travis Kelsey, 12 targets, you are not holding that guy to 41 yards. It's just how bad is the damage the same way that I feel that way about Christian McCaffrey. It's the same way on the other end with Travis Kelsey. How bad is the damage? Is it five catches for 75 yards or is it 10 catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns? How can San Francisco limit and potentially slow down Travis Kelsey?
4: Vice versa with Christian McCaffrey is one of the big matchups in this game. We're going to have another three plus shows to break this down, but I'm interested in that comment because me and you are going to differ. I'm relatively confident that you can slow down Christian McCaffrey. I think game script has a chance to slow down Christian McCaffrey. I The Ravens just straight abandoned the run, but I think the game script pushed them into that. I could see a scenario where the Niners get down and they run into the same problem. The Chiefs game plan all season long, and Nate Taylor said this last Friday, and he will be on the show this Friday too from Radio Row. The Chiefs were get ahead and force you to throw into the teeth of our defense, and we don't think you can beat us. That's the game plan going into Sunday, too. So I think the Chiefs are going to do everything in their power in the first quarter to limit or slow down or stop Christian McCaffrey and beg Bush Lightboy to beat him. So me and you are going to differ on if you can stop Christian McCaffrey, because I think it can be done. In the game on Sunday where you make it feel like, hey, if you limit the damage and get them to 65, 75 yards, we're in a good spot. we just going to disagree on that. Yeah, but
2: I think maybe where you and I are different, our top Texas CDOT, the Chiefs stopped Lamar Jackson. Why do you feel they can't stop Christian McCaffrey? I don't think that the Chiefs stopped Lamar Jackson from running. I think Baltimore stopped Lamar Jackson from running. He had eight carries for 58 yards. If Christian McCaffrey only gets eight rush attempts, yeah, you stopped him. I think that Kyle Shanahan could stop Christian McCaffrey in this game. I don't think the Chiefs can stop him. Not with their offensive line, not with how good of a player he is. We're talking about this is an elite offense. They're going to have some advantage in this game and they're going to be able to do something. And what I feel pretty confident on with Kansas City is if you stay committed to running the football, you can run the football against them. Now, I don't think that Brock Purdy's throwing for 300 yards against them. I think you can eliminate George Kittle from this game. I think you can take a deep ball away from Brandon. I, you can make him a non-factor, but if Christian McCaffrey is going to touch the ball as much as I think he is going to touch it on Sunday, I think he's going to touch it between 22 and 25 times. You're not holding that guy to 41 yards, not with those touches. He's going to have at least one or two big plays in the football game. Do you limit those to one or two, or does he have three or four big plays that help flip the game? Does he have a big catch out of the backfield that goes for 40 yards? Does he take a run play for 35 yards down the field? But the same way that I expect Kelsey to have a really good day because you have an elite playmaker and you have an elite offense that can get him the football in space and allow him to make plays, I think you can say the same thing on the other side about their star running back. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll head to Las Vegas and be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports. For my money, he is the best sports writer in the country. Keep it right here. It's The Drive.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild.